When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's our secret? The Aussie made Spinal Ease pillow. It's helped me sleep so much better than I have in years. No neck pain, no headaches. So here's the deal. I'd like one of our listeners to go to spinalease.com.au right now and order one because a great day starts with a good night's sleep. Go to spinalease.com.au. That's spinalease.com.au and you can thank me later. Always read the label. What's the right spirit to have in sport? In his high school years in Sudan, Manut Bowles shot up in height. At the age of 18, he was about 7 foot 7. That's about 2.3 metres tall. He played basketball for a local team and was discovered by a basketball coach visiting from New Jersey. Bowles ended up in professional basketball and became known as one of the best shot blockers of all time. He was the only player to retire with more career-blocked shots than points scored. In an interview, he said something interesting. He believed his life was a gift from God to be used in the service of others. Manute spent all his money helping Sudanese refugees. He went to meet his maker early when he was only 47. In Matthew in the Bible, it records Jesus saying something quite radical. He says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell everything you have, give the money to those who are poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. The Spirit of Sport for the Council of Churches, a part of 1170 since 1932. Whatever car you choose to drive, it's your right to choose your own independent mechanic. Your local Repco Authorised Service Centre is a trusted professional who is fully qualified to service your car and stamp your logbook. They have the latest equipment and technical know-how. They use quality parts and lubricants and all work is backed by a nationwide warranty. For real peace of mind, trust the experience and knowledge of your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Drop in or book online at repcoservice.com. Yeah, g'day, it's Matty Johns here. When it comes to getting a quality Australian steel shed, you need to talk to the right people. Experience the difference with the Shed Company. They're all about offering you a premier experience that'll make the shed buying process easy and flawless. They deliver personal, premium service that you will remember. So call the Shed Company on 1800 821 033 or visit theshedcompany.com.au. The Shed Company. Experience the difference. At Coles, we're doing everything we can to help you shop safe. That means extra cleaning in-store and contactless click and collect to your car. Please remember to check in via the QR code when you shop in-store. It's all to help you shop safe at Coles. Can you see it? There's travel in your future. With Flight Centre, win a holiday every year for five years worth 30 grand. Where will you go? Enter now at flightcenter.com.au slash win. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren.
Yes, indeed. Welcome to uh, this edition of Higher Ground. Monday, the 16th of August. Uh, what have we got? Three rounds to go uh, before the NRL finals. It really is an exciting uh, time of the year. I hope you're enjoying your footy. Um, I know there's been a, a stack of uh, bloody charges and, and foul play in the, the last couple of weeks. We'll go through um, all of that. We're here for three hours. We'd love you to be involved in the program as well. Feel free to jump on the open line. Uh, we won't bite Chris uh, here, Chris Warren, with the Mad Russian over there as well. And uh, together we'll take you through for the next few hours and all things rugby league. We will uh, inevitably um, go down paths that we probably shouldn't go down. We'll get a little bit off track out into the uh, in the outback as well um, and go a bit off-road. We, we tend to do that a bit off-subject, but that's fine. Um, it's not just a sports show. We're here to have a bit of fun as well, uh, entertain and be informative. But uh, we'd love to interact. So uh, jump on the open line if, if you're happy to have a chat or um, send us a text. That's probably the easiest way for you to be involved with the program. That text line is 0457 736 736. You should have it in your phone already. If you have not, why not? Please do it now. Save it. 0457 736 736. And again, the open line, one 01 1170. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, Terry Campisi. Okay, you've got it. So get off your uh, pain house, um, pick up the Al Capone and give me and the Mad Russian an SG ball. Uh, loads for us to talk about. Uh, we're going to uh, chat to uh, a Parramatta fan who we speak to on, on occasion. He runs the Cumberland Throw. Uh, you might know him if you're an Eels fan. His name is 60s. Um, his real name's Craig, right? But he goes by the handle of 60s. Good fella too and eloquent, speaks a lot of sense, a lot of passion. But like you para fans, and I'll declare my colours, I'm one of them too, um, he's, he's, he's really hurting. <laughs> and I know you're hurting. You're all hurting. Look, that's what sport's about. Um, you like to think there are more good times than bad times uh, during your journey, whether it be a, a five-decade um, journey supporting the Eels or five years supporting the club. There are going to be bad times. There are going to be droughts. There are going to be long premiership droughts, and it just so happens that your club is in the midst of the longest. I'm hearing you. I'm feeling you. Um but it's it's not good at the moment. Uh, I know it's not good. We'll we'll hear from Brad Arthur. He's spoken um, after that huge loss to Manly. We'll we'll dissect that. But get involved with the program. Let me know what you're thinking. Uh, I'm going to talk to Greg McCallum a little bit later on as well in the show. Um, he talks about the the charges and the charge sheet. Um, has anyone got off lightly? Has anyone uh, has a, a punishment been too severe? We saw a couple of incidents at the weekend. Um, and I will call them unsavoury incidents. They were, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Ryan Madison, that shoulder um, connection or knockout blow to the uh, the head of poor Manly centre Brad Parker. Brad was knocked out before his head even hit the ground. He was gone. Um, and it was dead set a send-off offence. Mm-hmm. And we all agree. Mad Russian, you agree when you saw that? Gone, yeah? When you see a guy falling to the ground like that. Yeah. Always scary. Gone. And when you saw Corey Horowitz at Naira and his impact, same deal, but probably even worse mm. on Jerome Hughes, you and I, we all agree, gone. Gone. So the good part out of this, if, if I'm trying to find a silver lining, I think we are all starting to get on the same page. Mm. The officials, the match officials, the bunker, the match review, uh, players, 
media and fans. I think we're starting to understand now where where they're trying to go. Magic round, we were going, what the hell? That's not even a penalty. Mm. And they're sending players off. I think now we know what's acceptable, what's not. There was one at the weekend that match decided, deciding one Roosters-Broncos game. Mm. Um, the high tackle, I'm using these inverted commas, were high tackle uh, by Thomas Flegler mm. on Satili Tupanua. Look, that wouldn't have bruised a, a grapefruit, you know, but at the end of the day... You got to have black and white. It was it was and high. And the contact was high. Absolutely. Okay. There's no force in it though, so well, it's, it's a penalty. In, yeah. If there was force and direct, you'd yeah. go to the bin. So I think the referees are starting to yeah. find that consistency, and, and I think we are too. So yeah. I, and I like Graham Annesley came out today mm. and he was a bit fired up. Yeah. I'm going to chat to Greg McCallum about all that um, a little bit later on. What else have we got coming up? Wood Duck of the Week. I need some nominations. Mm. So if you're at home listening and uh, I'd love you to get involved, send some nominations through because I ha- I've only got a very short list at the moment. Wood Duck of the Week. We have our Rocket Man Awards too. Who gets the three, two, mm. and one from the round? Who were the best? Who were the stars? Immediately, a couple of players come to mind. The likes of Cody Walker comes again, to mind he's again. Had votes the last two weeks. I think Matt Cody. Burton comes to mind again. Yep. Um, Dylan Edwards Penrith comes to mind. Um, Turbo again comes mm. to mind. Ruben Garrick, um, Jack Whiten was good. Let me know. Let me know, ladies and gentlemen, in boys and side. girls. I don't think we've had points for a player in a losing side. Oh, yet. no, can it then? Oh, don't do it. <laughs> I don't want to start breaking with tradition. And it's your show. Well, it's going to be a no, special you, performance. You... All right, so what else have we got? Have you got the rundown in front of you? Yeah. What else have we got coming? Oh, Stevie, the Pearl. We're going to talk to him. He's a bit important, isn't he? Has he said he'll chat? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you lined it up? You line these things up, Steve. He's your, I thought you were doing he's him your today. contact. Well, in the we'll next break, can you out. just give him a call and see if he's all right? Because I I'm thought sure you were doing it. You thought I was time. doing it. He'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be fine. So loads uh, for us to get through. Now, um, other business at hand, and, and I will go through what the New South Wales Rugby League has sent out in a moment, and it's not good. Uh, it's not good for um, youngsters, young fellas, young boys and girls, and I feel the pain too because I'm a, mm. a junior rugby league coach. I'll go through that in a moment, but in a nutshell, the competitions are, are gonski. Look, we've got the minor premiership. It's all but sewn up, isn't it, with Melbourne Storm. Oh. Uh, Manly's top four hopes. They have taken a real dive after that cheekbone injury to uh, Tom Trebojevic. I spoke to his mum yesterday too. If we get time, I might even replay that interview. Uh, really enjoyed having a chat to Melissa Trebojevic. Um, it's a nice story. Nice story. Four boys, yeah. And about the Monavale Raiders, where I coach, mm. I coach down to 13s. And so news out today that the, the mm. it's all off. A um, it's a It's a huge shame. I feel for mm. these kids. And I see them out in the streets, you know, they're homeschooling and, and I don't see them at training anymore because we mm. don't train. But I see a couple of them here in 7-Eleven and a couple of them there in Coles and... Hey, coach, how are you? Oh, God, I can just see it in their face. They are so missing their footy. Mm. And luckily, a few of them have got other interests, you know, where we live, a few of them surf. My young boy surfs and Mm. they do a bit of fishing and all that. But the most of them, they live for their footy. Yeah. And um, it's a real shame. I'll go through that in a moment. Mm. Where was I? So in terms of the playoffs, um, well, there's a couple of places still available. Any anyone out there? Any any teams would like to apply for a place in the NRL finals? We're taking final applications, and you've got three uh, twenty one days to uh, mm. confirm your application and and let us know if you're dead set interested. Okay, uh, the way I see it, there are seven teams. Yes, Rusky, 
seven teams are still in the hunt for just two spots up for grabs. That's all we've got for you. You still got seven. You betcha we have, baby. Okay. You betcha we have. Run I've got me through the, them. No, well, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to find the right piece of paper. Um, I won't go through the whole table and permutations right now, but you have still got, okay, you have still got the Warriors, mm. the West Tigers, you still got West the Dragons, side. the Sharks, the Knights, the Raiders, mm. and the Titans. Mm. That's seven. That win on the weekend, I, yep. I can't see the Knights dropping out now. Can you see the Knights no, dropping out? No, So they're in. Okay. okay, well, okay. You can't. No, 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 no. You cannot jump to that conclusion because I tell you why. I tell you why you can't because I did yesterday. I've got the Knights. Okay. I locked them in. And then I thought about it twice in the cold light of day because there's a game, not this weekend, but the weekend after, round 24. The Knights play the Titans. Okay. If they are to lose that, all right, if they are to lose that, that could could tip them out, pending other results. Because mm-hmm. that's one of those four-point games like they had at the weekend. Yeah. So the Knights are in seventh on 22. Then you've got the Titans, the Raiders, both on 20. Mm. The Sharks, the Dragons, the Warriors, West Tigers, all on 18 points. Okay, and now obviously there's a, there's a big difference in points differential. Mm. West Tigers, can you believe, are still mathematically a chance of making the finals, and that's good. That's good. There's there's still seven teams hunting for those two mm. spots. So I think Warriors fans and Tigers fans and Dragons fans probably think, nah, you know, it's gone. But there is a, a little glimmer of light. All right. It's still flickering. Mm. Is it worrying that? Yes, it is. I know what your question is. There's probably going to be at least one side in the finals with more losses than we this season. Is that a problem? There'll be two. There'll be two? I think there'll probably be two. And they've conceded more points than they've scored. Mm. Yep. And they've probably uh, lost more games than they've won. Mm. No, it's not right. Do we go back to top five? I think so. Yeah, I think it's a good shout. Still no side outside in this new system. Uh, no side outside the top fours won a grand final. Or even made a grand final. Is that right? Yeah. Well, there you go. Maybe you're answering your own question there. But I'm, I wouldn't have a problem with going back to a top five. <laughs> That's a final series if ever there was one. And but... you still have the battles for the final spots this year. You, it's just the elite teams yes. rather than... Teams that are frankly making up the numbers this season. Frankly, you are, you are, you, you're speaking a lot of sense tonight. What have you been eating? I don't know. Always. Brain food. What's brain food? I don't know. Always. Mm? I had a bit Not of always, chocolate no. before we came on. Chocolate. It. That might be it. So, so what I'm saying is, that, yes. Okay, if you go to a top five, well, then what about all the excitement that these guys that are just making up the numbers, as you say? Mm. Um, for the next week or two, there's still there's still hope, man. You've got to keep the fire burning. Well, if if you're doing a top five, suddenly there's real jeopardy in Trebojevic's cheekbone, which now Manly have just got a nice easy run in. And guess what's going to happen? Manly going to float in under the radar. No one's all the hype that's been built up around them. I think people like to build hype up around Manly because they know. Des won't like it. But now with Tom out, 
They're going to have three weeks where they're going to look a bit average. He's out for three, you reckon? I reckon they. Why would Why would they bring him back for the last? Okay, game well, well, uh, well. So they're not going to gun for a top four spot now. I think it it would be very difficult without Tom. Let's say Tom's out for three weeks. Manly still can't make the top four. If Manly win their final three games, mm. they will make the top four. Yeah, they will. Yeah, but they've got they got the Raiders, Dogs, and Cowboys. They've they've got two tricky games. Where are the two? Where are the two? I can see one. The Raiders and the Cowboys. Cowboys tricky. I think it'll be. Oh, please tricky. come on! They've lost nine straight. They're going like bustards. Yeah. Manly win all three. They're they're going to be in the top four because mm. I can see Roosters dropping one. With right? the Raiders playing for finals, do you think they win next week? Could I, do. I, I, Could do. I wouldn't be backing Manly next week. All right. So if Manly finish, oh look, doesn't matter, does it? They're going great, and they, even they and you know what though, you you take now when Tom, if you take Tom out of that team now, I think it's a big big different story totally than say eight weeks ago mm. when you take Tom out. I think that team can hold its own now more mm. so than you know, without Tom. I couldn't agree more. And actually, I think they've not, learned to cope a bit better without him. Not finishing the top four could just allow them to build up that head of steam a little bit better in that running, mm. rather than playing the storm in the first week. All right. Uh, so just on the West Tigers, if there are any West Tigers fans out there, and Tim the Toolman, he's already dropped us a text. I'll get to that in a moment, Tooley. Appreciate, uh, and I hope those pipes are cleaned, mate. You had the uh, the old um, um, pitter. The pitter That's was blocked right. yesterday. Goodness. He had a block. No, yesterday he had a blocked uh, blocked um, pipes. I thought it was his own pipes. I thought it was his own pipes. So I was I was wrecking him and going down the chemist and getting some charcoal oh. tablets. But he then told me no, it was the toilet pipes. So th- I hope he didn't get charcoal tablets from the doctor weekend. and then throw them down the toilet. Tough weekend for Tim the Toolman. Oh, he's still going strong though. Uh, West Tigers fans, right? If you um, if you're still holding on to that hope, I, I'm I'm with you, okay. And that I think the next edition is out too of Tiger Tales. Is that tonight? That's tonight. So it's We're a weekly hit. thing, is because I watched last week's. Mm. My ears are still ringing, and I recorded it too. And I've left the kids at home tonight, and I said to them, "Do not watch that." Have you? You think there's been some editorial decisions made there? Well, clearly not from the censorship committee. <laughs> what uh, type of decisions? Do you, do you think Madge has had any say in what's gone into that doco? Don't know. As a coach, I don't think I'd want myself. Oh, he knows. He knew. Like well, that. he know. He knows that the cameras are on him. That's well, he fair. knows. Yeah. If that's the way he speaks, that's the way he speaks. Mm. My parents always told me, you know, if you start dropping F-bombs all the time, it means you've got a poor vocabulary. And it's a fair point. That's what I used to say about Andy Murray. I can sweat. Yes. He's just boring, though. He's boring as as, um, (laughs) grass growing. Andy. Wimbledon grass growing. Oh, where? Exactly. Um, Yeah. Anyway, where was I? What was I saying? Tigers fans, you stop distracting me. I told you, you keep taking me down these paths going to nowhere. Tiger team. Tiger West Tigers fans, right? So, this is what needs to happen. You listening to me? West Tigers, mm. if you are to make the finals this year, you're currently 13th on the ladder out of 16 teams, isn't it? Mm. Uh, you're on 18 points. You've got the Sharks, the Panthers, and Bulldogs to play. So, you have to win all three of them. No, no buts yeah. about it, right? You have to win all three of those games. All right, you also need the Titans and the Raiders to win only one of their three games. You got me? You with me so far? Yep. You win, you win all of yours, 
Titans and Raiders win only one of their three. You with me? Yep. You also need Cronulla and the Dragons to lose at least one of their three. Mm. So they're mm. probably they're all going to happen. Yeah. But can the Tigers beat the Sharks, the Panthers, and the Bulldogs? Now, Panthers resting players, maybe. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Mm. What did you say? <laughs> if the Tigers take on the Panthers resting players, then they've got an opportunity. You but... cannot be serious! <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> if they take them on with injuries, they've got a chance. What, Tigers beating Panthers? Oh, with rested players, I'm talking about. If Tyrone Mays is coming. Shouldn't let you near that. If Tyrone May's playing halfback, then the West Tigers have a chance. I'm not saying they'll put it all together and get it done, but they they have a mm, chance. Okay. You're telling me there's a chance. Okay. Uh on a uh, more serious note, so as I <laughs> as I hinted before, um junior rugby league competitions in New South Wales uh, have been abandoned. So all community rugby league across Greater mm. Sydney gone. Um, just reading this press release from the New South Wales Rugby League. It's a huge blow to kids and adults across the state. Uh, competitions will not continue uh, in 2021 due to the ongoing lockdown across the state. Play was originally abandoned in mid-June when the outbreak in Sydney began and the reality of the situation has become more apparent in recent weeks. Um, NRL uh, New South Wales Rugby League uh, CEO Dave Trodden explained the decision and the lack of uh, roadmap for sport in the midst of the lockdown. He says it's become increasingly clear that with rising infection rates, there can be understandably no New South Wales government-sanctioned roadmap out of the lockdown for sport at the moment. And it goes on. But, you know, look, call a spade a spade. It's a Mm. bloody huge blow for thousands and thousands and thousands of young kids. Um who are looking for, for things to do, you know, to keep themselves busy and keep their, 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 their spirits up. So um, I'm feeling it for you, kids, and, and I miss it too. I, I miss the coaching. Um, but it is what it is. We move on. Mm. We move on and do our best, all right? So at least at least you've got uh, the NRL. It's still going. It's going strong. It's a really exciting uh, passage to the mm. finals. Um, and I'll just say, look, get out there. Keep fit too, boys, yeah. girls. Keep fit. Stay in shape, you know. Um, because it'll the new season will come around before you know it. Christmas will be here. We'll come out of all this, and then we'll be uh, we'll be talking about the the new season ahead. Um, or be you'll be in a, in an age group above uh, going ahead. You are listening to Higher Ground with uh, me, Chris Warren, and him, the Mad Russian. That number, if you want to get involved. Uh, give us a call, one three hundred o one eleven seventy, or send us a text, 0457-736-736. And I hope you're enjoying your Monday night, 16th of August, and, uh, well, the countdown is ongoing until the NRL finals. And if you missed the top of the show, we just spoke a fair bit of rubbish, really, me and the Mad Russian. Uh, but that's par for course here. Uh, amongst that, some serious news, though. Uh, the New South Wales Rugby League has today abandoned all uh, junior rugby league competitions uh, in the greater S- Sydney region. So um, that is uh, no good, but we sort of knew that was happening. It's happened uh, right across, mm. um, well, other other areas have, had, had shut down a couple of weeks ago. We so, had so, Al- yeah. yeah, we had Albion here saying, you know, the South Sydney district yep. had already been shut down so but it's now all official yep. so anyway we uh, onwards and upwards for that listen on a serious note to Andrew Fafita mate uh, well I don't I, 
shouldn't say mate. I don't know Andrew Fafita. Um, thoughts with you? I, you know, he's in a bit, a bit of a difficult spot at the moment mm. with that injury yesterday with the uh, something in his throat. He's been put in an induced coma. Um, so thoughts with him. Is it going to be the last we've seen of Andrew Fafita? Look, he's not the player he was. He's at the sort of end of his career, still on very good money. Maybe he still could have done a job at Cronulla or elsewhere, but regardless of his playing future, let's just hope that he's okay and uh, will come through um, and will be fighting fit at the end of it. You know, uh, that's all we can do. So uh, thoughts to you, um, Andrew, and, and to your to your family as well. I'm sure you will be okay. Um, you might have a voice like Darren Lockyer or, um, or Tooves. Who else? At the end of it, they've had their larynx sort of injured Maybe, before. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, I guess it's part and parcel of the sport, isn't it? You know, you, you know, these are the things that can happen. Um, but again, mate, no, I'm not going to um, trivialise it. I, I do hope that you are, you are a okay. Now, um, other news about, so we talked about Turbo's cheekbone injury. Is he going to miss one week? Is he going to miss two weeks? Is he going to miss three weeks? So will he not play until the finals again? I don't know. Um, um, Tim, the tool man, is saying, uh, I'm seeing reports that Tommy T has asked to play this weekend. How true? Um, does anyone know about that? I haven't heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me. No. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all. I think what they'll... I think they'll probably do is say, listen, fellas, do we, is it essential that we finish in the top four to have a crack at this premiership? Or are we happy to, um, you know, do our best for the next three weeks and finish fifth and, and go from there? Um, do we risk a player like Tom with a fractured cheekbone? Mm. Depending on the severity of it. I mean, you can play with one, but depending on the severity of it and if there's more damage that can be done, and he's already got that plate in there from a previous injury few years ago, mm. which could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I don't know. Anyway, well, no, I, so to Tim the Tourman, uh, no, I don't know uh, what the story is there. Um, I did speak to his mum here on this show on, mm. on NRL Match Day yesterday at midday, and it wasn't apparent then the severity of, of his injury. So I didn't yeah. even ask uh, Melissa, his mum, because she probably wouldn't have known anyway because he's up in Queensland and um, – up there with with the brothers. Um, other news out today. That's about it. I thought before we go to the break, uh, Mad Russian, with your permission, because you are what are you, you're the executive producer of, of something like that. Something like that. Uh, I thought what we might do is just uh, have a, a little wrap of the weekend and round twenty two. Welcome to the weekend wrap for round 22 as the pressure continues to ramp up on the run home. Thursday night saw the Storm take on the Raiders looking to keep their unbeaten streak alive. Williams hands it on wide and floating wow. fast. Oh, beautiful ball. Beautiful ball. Floating ball. And they go in to score. Harley Smith Shields goes in to score. A beautiful passing movement by Canberra. And the Raiders, they've shocked the Storm. Oh, here's a run straight through. Brandon Smith from dummy half. He goes over to score. And a Canberra player, not one Canberra player, laid a finger on him. Bromwich gives it to Hughes. Hands it on Felice Cafusi. Beautiful ball. It ends up over there with Eric. Eremiah, he gets out of Croker's tackle. He weaves back infield. Eremiah's going to go the way. Eremiah goes all the way. Oh, beautiful play by the Melbourne Storm. A shaky finish and a Bailey Simonson hat-trick. Not enough to halt the Storm, whose winning run now stands at a whopping 18. On Friday night, their closest challenger, the Panthers, took on the Dragons at Suncorp. 
Here's Cleary. Oh, oh. Ravalawa. He had a target for Luai, but he couldn't connect. Now it goes back to Burton. Oh. Burton's over the halfway line. He's got speed. He's got support as well. Links up with Dylan Edwards. Edwards has got 10 to go. That is a flashy, flashy Panther try. Well, it was Ravalawa. He went like a scud missile looking for Luai. Luai evaded the missile, which was Ravalawa. He found Burton. Burton found the clear. And then the boy from Dorigo. He picks up a double. Naden's got two. Edwards has two, and away the Panthers go. After a tight start, the Panthers bounced away in the second half to cement second spot on the ladder and all but end the Dragons' finals hopes. The Broncos and the Roosters provided more entertainment in the second game of the Suncorp doubleheader. Kelly puts in a kick. David Mead underneath it, knocks it back. Still the last. Flegler's got it. Lee put in a kick. Now he's going to run. He goes Flegler. It's a pass away, Kelly! Oh, how did they score from that? That's outstanding for the Broncos. Take a bow, Tom Flegler. We know that they won't go away, the Roosters. And here goes Takiaho. Big run and the pass. Who's in support? None other than their talisman, the fullback, James Tedesco. Walker with a pass to Manu. Manu to Tupanua. And he leaves oh. it behind. And now we've got a captain's challenge to analyse it all, Billy. Wow. Nails it. The Roosters are in front by one. The Broncos leading four times on the night, but the Roosters snatching it late to take a scrappy two points. On Saturday, the Rabbitohs were in the home dressing room on the Gold Coast as they took on the Titans. Now here's Benji Marshall, giving it to Latrell Mitchell, straightening through Herbert, through Sexton, the oh. Gidley flick to Mansour, and they're in again the Bunnies. Josh Mansour gets the oh. double, but it was Latrell's Gidley flick oh. that set it up. And the Bunnies made themselves look right at home, piling on six tries to one in a dominant performance that cemented a top three finish. The Tigers held on in a scrap against the Cowboys before the Sea Eagles and Parramatta renewed their rivalry on Saturday night. Last tackle, DCE. This time it's in the end goal area. Oh, it bounces away from Fergie. Fergan, guess who got it down? It's Parker. I thought it was the shocker blonde hair of Tommy T. But Brad Parker scored the try, the first of the night. It goes to Manly. And they've come out running hot. Jakey T goes out to DCE. DCE, Harper, unleashes now to Saab. Got across. Took him a minute and a half. He should have scored it a little bit earlier. Doesn't matter. Gets the try. And there is that one coming for Manly. DCE goes out now. Siren and Tommy T. Garrick got it. Oh, we didn't take him in the lotto. He got the try. That's his third for the night. He's having a night out, the youngster. He's thoroughly enjoying himself, and we love watching him. Manly dominant, 56 points to 10 was the final score. Brad Arthur facing another week of media scrutiny, but the news wasn't all good for Manly either, with news filtering through that Tom Trebojevic will miss the run home with a fractured cheekbone, denting their top four aspirations. On Sunday, the Warriors handed the Bulldogs the wooden spoon with a comprehensive 24-10 win at Morton Daly Stadium before the Sharks took on the Knights in a four-pointer in the battle for the top eight. Through the hands, it comes to Pierce. Cut out ball into the corner goes Tuala. First try oh. within 30 seconds. Newcastle four, Cronulla nil.
Jaden is at acting half. Long ball to Pierce. Pierce now to Clifford. Clifford to best. Ramian with the tackle. But the Gidley flicked to Tuala. Did he get it down in the corner? The corner post is gone. Gee, it was close. Yeah. I'm not sure. But that is a try. Yep. How well has he done there? Inari Tuala and Jake Clifford, the heroes for the Knights, who took the lead late and now sit in pole position for the final spots. And that is the weekend wrap. Well, disappointing uh, probably is an understatement for Parramatta fans at the moment. I imagine they're feeling uh, more than disappointed. They're probably feeling disillusioned. They're probably feeling like their club might be uh, crumbling around them. I, I used an analogy like a, a sand castle you might build too close to the water at the beach. That's uh, that's how things look at the moment. 56 points to 10. Manly thumping Parramatta at the weekend. I thought we'd get one of their, uh, one of their well... Uh, most avid and loyal fans on the line. Uh, his name is Sixties, and he is the, uh, the the man behind the Cumberland Throw uh, website and podcast. And Sixties uh, uh, jumps on the line from time to time to give us a, a Parramatta perspective. How are you feeling? Well, mate, I think we've had better times, haven't we, as a football club? Yes. Uh, it's in the... Uh... As someone that's supported the club for over 50 years, I, I have seen my share of bad times with the Bet club. But yeah. I think, but I think that performance against Manly, it's memorable for some of the wrong reasons. So I think that's a fair call. Mm. Uh, it didn't help at the end of the game, losing Ryan Madison and then Murata Nakore being sin bin. So at uh, you know for at least 10 minutes of that, you were down to 11 men. But the damage was well and truly done. Um, uh, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a scoreline as such. Uh, the fact you've been beaten by almost fifty, it's just the form over the past couple of months. And I hate to say it, but it, it's uh, something we've seen before, haven't we? Um, people calling them the Parramatta faders. Yeah, look, it, it it's something that has been there as a as a record. La- I would have said last year, the previous couple of years. I, I, I mean, the previous year with the uh, the final series actually had a fairly good run into the finals. Um, last year, it was look. I can find I can find some reasons around a couple of performances, and and certainly the final series. I I don't think the final series was as bad as what people made out because. I think uh, Parramatta gave Melbourne one of their toughest games in the final series last year. And uh, let's face it, that, that game against South Sydney in the final series, there was uh, plenty of injuries for Para going into it. And then match day, getting Michael Jennings' uh, scenario play out, that certainly didn't help. But um, this year, it's uh, there's no ignoring the fact that the Eels have uh, now lost, what is that, four in a row that we've lost. And it's... With each match, it's getting uglier, and that's the that's something that can't be ignored. Mm. Um, Brad Arthur, he's been under a fair bit of pressure. He's certainly been in the spotlight, and he's he's done well to uh, deflect uh, the questions away. And um, I always feel for Brad when he's when he's being grilled like this. But at the end of the day, he's the coach, so it does sort of the buck stops with him. What are the fans feeling? Um, about Brad Arthur and, and his future at the club? Well, for a start, I think this, this pressure situation is nothing new to BA. From uh, the time with the salary cap dramas that went on in 2016 to uh, to now, there's, there's always been something there that 
has been a, a precious situation for him. And I don't think he's someone that that shies away from admitting that the buck stops with him. Uh, there are plenty of Eels fans out there that are saying that they'd like to see a change. Uh, just as just as much as there are Eels fans out there who uh, are not in any sort of panic stations and and believe that he's the best coach for the club going forward. The, the club's come out and they've said he's got a contract for next year. That, that will be, he'll be there next year. I'm someone that backs Brad to get the job done. I'm backing him to be there next year. Mm. A few players not performing. Let's be honest. Um, at, at at their best, at their optimum, um, you know, I'm talking like likes of Mike Acevo. I'm talking uh, Nathan Brown, um, Mitchell Moses. Um, do you do you think that the, the club needs to to bring in more players? Let me put it another way, 60s. Do you think you have the current squad, the, the squad that you have now, um, should be competing and playing up there with the likes of the Panthers, the Storm and, and Souths? Well, I think that the team proved at the start of the year that they are more than competitive. Yep. Something is preventing them from playing their best football at the moment and... I think every player has to go and take a walk into the uh, room of mirrors and uh, do a bit of self-examination as to why there were so many fundamentals of the game of football, just starting starting with uh, energy, uh, commitment to uh, their job out on the field, just, just as a starting point. Um, as far as the long term goes, uh, my concern would be that... Uh, if we went into next season without a couple of significant additions to the squad, that if every team needs additions to the, to a squad to be able to take a step forward the next year. And I think unless there's a couple of key recruits to the squad next year, um, you may get a, uh, a similar performance or, or if other clubs are moving forward, are the Eels capable of moving forward if the squad ostensibly doesn't change too much? I don't know. There's too much out there on the player market at the moment, Chris. It might be that there's players who are looking to leave their club that we don't know too much about. I had a look at this the other week, and I just didn't see pl- too many players on the open market. There's players I think Parramatta should go for for the 2023 season, but that doesn't address what supporters might be looking for, not just this year, but certainly going into next year. What sort of positions do you think uh, you should try and bolster? One or two. Where would it be? I think without question that the Eels need a dynamic outside back or two. And I don't think I'm selling that as anything that Eels, the rest of the Eels fans out there or even any of the experts would be nominating for a start because... Uh, Without question, the loss of Michael Jennings is proving to be costly to the team as a strike player. And I also think it wouldn't hurt to add in um, maybe a a senior person with a bit of leadership experience because I think it's you can never have um, too many good leaders, really quality leaders. And I think I'd like to see... Uh, a, a quality senior player added to the squad. 
Yeah, uh, and, and some people say to me, what, what would Gutherson be like if he wasn't the captain, if he just focused on playing? You know, I, I think that tends to, to weigh him down a little bit too. That's only my, my own opinion. On, on a well, good... Chris, I ask you this. Yeah. Can I just ask you this? Mm. Does he look like he's been playing with the weight of the world on his shoulders? Yes, he does. And one of his strengths, and I, I've said this a few times recently, is Gutho is an on-the-ball type of player. What I mean, he's just lurking. Yeah. He's lurk like a lot of fullbacks are, lurking around the like ruck. Like Tedesco, he's a lurker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you have we seen too much of that no. in the recent weeks? I can only think of seeing him carrying the ball back from kicks or in sweeping backline plays, which aren't asking really too many questions. So I don't see him imposing himself in a way that's his strength. And I just think... It, he isn't he isn't uh, King Gutho at the moment in terms of the way that he's playing. He, he's not his natural game right now. No, he's he's more soldier or sergeant Gutho, isn't he? But uh, he, yeah, he's a wonder. Yeah. He's a wonderful player. We all know that. And who cares what he earns? You know, you only get paid what someone is prepared to pay. Um, Eels fans, what are they sort of saying on all the chat boards? Is he, is he worth a million? I think the thing that. Um, is bitter in the mouths of most Eels supporters is that all of a sudden it was being played out in the media. Mm. Now, there's a lot of speculation as to who decided to put it out there in the media if if it was his uh, player agent. I think he might have read the landscape a little bit wrongly because I'd, it, the timing of playing something like that out in the out there in the media when the club is struggling for performances is, yeah, it just wasn't good timing. So I welcome the fact that it's been put on the back burner now till after the season because no one was going to win out of that. And I think probably least of all Gutho. Mm. I'm talking to 60s uh, from the Parramatta website, the Cumberland Throw. All right, it's not all doom and gloom, mate. Come on, let's end on a positive note. Um, who are you enjoying watching in that team at the moment that even though the team's not winning, they seem to be you know, playing playing well? And you had a debutant, a 28-year-old debutant at the weekend as well. Well, mate, you've, you've absolutely just nailed it down on the bloke that I wanted to mention, Makahesi Makatoa. Mm. So he's, he's come off the bench and he's damn near topped the running metres for, um, for just coming off the bench. He's... He's run like 124 running metres and hasn't even has clocked up, I think, about 36, mm. 37 playing minutes with that. He's hard he to miss, isn't he? On. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that soccer blonde hair. But you know what? He did exactly what he's been doing in the New South Wales Cup, which mm. is he's an effort-on-effort effort player. He takes multiple hit-ups in the same set. He's mm. He is reliable with his defence. He, you know, he just doesn't miss tackles. He is a wholehearted effort player. And you, what you saw there was a bloke who relished being able to make his NRL yeah, debut. So yeah, mm. he's really someone who, despite the scoreline last week, man, he can hold his head up high yeah, for that effort. I agree. All right, mate. Uh, okay, then let me just tell you this. All right, so top four, that's out of the equation now for, for, for Parramatta. Okay, let's assume that you finish in sixth position, okay, going into the finals. So you will play team number seven in week one of the finals. Who would you prefer that to be of these teams? Uh, the Titans, the Raiders, the Sharks, or the Knights? If Parramatta doesn't get out of their funk at the moment, 
would it matter mm. who answer. we play? Good answer. All right. That's that's the way that I approach it. So I I, I can't look at the at the what ifs. The the definite that we know is that Parramatta is playing finals football, and any anyone that criticises the front loading that we managed in at the start of the season to rack up the points to all, have already qualified long ago for the finals. I'll say to them, well, I'd much rather be sitting there knowing that we're in finals football than be like those teams that you mentioned, not knowing with three rounds to go whether we're playing finals football. So um, my positive is Parramatta's in the finals. Uh, my positive is once you're in the finals that it's a whole new ball game, and that might just be some of the motivation that the teams need, the team needs that, you know what, we've got a competition now that lasts as many weeks as we want it to last. Okay. Well, and we've got, a, we've got a job to do. And, um, and, but as I said, if they play the way they played against Manly, it won't matter who the opposition is. They have to find something, something that they had earlier this season. Yes, they do. And they need to do it in a hurry. Sixties. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Click go the shears and, um, only way is up for you boys. Hopefully. Mate, I've almost forgotten what the song sounds like. It, it gets played after victories at <laughs> Parramatta Stadium, but it's a distant memory right now, mate. All right. All right. Well, let's hope you can get back to winning ways uh, sooner rather than later. There he is, 60s from the cumberlandthrow.com.au. You're listening to Higher Ground. You betcha it is uh, Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. And uh, great to have your company as well. We're here until uh, midnight. I reckon we'll stay yeah. around till tonight, midnight. Have you been over here touching these knobs at all? I might have just adjusted a few things to make my post-production a little bit easier. Right, sure. Okay. I like a man that's honest. Uh, that's good. No, that's very good. Very good. So, listen, we have been – we've got a regular segment and our, our loyal band of listeners will know that we have on a Monday night a couple of segs, regular segs, mm. one being one being Rocket Man where we hand out one, two, and three points to the mm. three best players over the weekend, all right? We need our listeners to send their nominations through, please. Is that – that's not a difficult request. No. Is, is that reasonable? Yeah. Because I want them to be involved, right? So send the text through, and that's how we're going to determine who gets the three, two, one. If I don't have it from you, our listeners, I will just give them out myself. It won't be willy-nilly. I've watched pretty – well, I have. I've watched all the games, all yeah. The games, but um, I would like some input from – you people out there. I would also like some input from you out there on the other regular segment, which is our... Yeah. Our Wood Duck of the Week. Mm. Wood Duck of the Week. Now, each week we give out the award, and it's an award you don't really want to be awarded. Um, it doesn't come with any glory. It comes with a fair bit of embarrassment, really. You've got to have done something pretty bloody stupid. To get the award. I, I, I have won the award myself. I point out I have won it myself. Mm. You haven't won it yet. You should. You You're heap a contender. enough rubbish on me without uh, yeah, well, you are, well, Maybe I'll You will definitely You will get it before the, the season's out, that is for sure. Um, we've had referees. We've had coaches, players, me receive it. You get the, mm. you get the mask, this little mask here, and it's polished and or COVID-proof, cleansed and... You got to wear it for a couple of days and then clean it and hand it on to the mm. next goose. I mean, wood duck. However, 
I am not satisfied with the number of nominations. Oh. Uh, Jacko, oh, here's one, here's one. Jacko, para, how's the Parramatta board for Wood Duck of the Week? Leaking stories, undermining undermining the coach. They must be short price favourites for this week's Wood Duck of the Week. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Don't mind that at all. It's a fair, fair old... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, uh, is that Jacko? Yeah, Jacko. Jacko. Is he a, do we know a friend of the show? Oh, he's a regular teacher. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Um, how many on the board? Five, aren't there? More than no, be eight. Or even or yeah. ten. I've only got one mask. Yeah. I've only got one wood duck mask. Yeah. So no no, Jacko, I can't do that, but I appreciate you letting us know uh, how you how you feel. Uh, another one here, uh, this is from uh, Tim, the tool man's back on the line. Uh, hey, Chris, why on earth would Manly throw Tommy back into the fold? Uh, save the boy for the finals. Uh, yeah, that, that's again from Junking, Jumping Jacko. Well, they probably won't play him. They probably will save him for the finals. Mm. But uh, that's getting off track. I wanted our listeners to send through uh, nominations for Wood Duck of the Week. And I am not satisfied that we've had sufficient. Oh. No, I think that's fair enough. No. And it's been a negative week. I don't think Why don't we do something a bit different then? Why don't we do a good story for the week, okay. uplifting story? An uplifting Like a hero of the week or a positive or, a, I don't know, a great moment or an uplifting moment of the week. Okay. You if you're going to change the running order, like just on the run, you've got to have something up your sleeve you can throw at me. Well, there you go. There's a sound effect there. Yeah, well, I that one. Well, you yeah, want to yeah. do that? Well, we've got that. Well, I don't know if we've got that or not. That doesn't even bloody work. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, it's nice. Something, you know. Uplifting. Jeez, I haven't been to church for ages. <laughs> that sounds like something out from um, The Godfather or um, Damien or something like that. Uplifting. All right, well, um, I've got some... What about... What about... The paramedics. What about the paramedics that rushed to be by the side and help Andrew Fafita out when he was in all sorts yesterday? I think that's a very good nomination. So not Wood Duck of the Week, but um, what do we call him? The Hero of the Week. Hero of the Week. You're not even on. Are you going to talk to me or not? Well, Hero of the Week. Why not? All right. Why don't we do that? He's... Um, I'm just going through it. If you're just joining us too, uh, we've got uh, from uh, Cronulla Sharks... Um, have uh, sent this through. Uh, but this is also from um, the Fafita family. This has just been posted on social media, I believe. Um, hey, everyone, on behalf of the Fafita family, I would like to thank everyone for their support, concern and kind words during this difficult time that we face. As a family, we ask anyone to please respect the, our privacy and allow Andrew and the family space to heal and recover. In saying this, I would like to thank uh, Cronulla Sharks and the NRL for helping support our family in Queensland through this time. So that's from the Fafita family. Mm. Um, if you're not aware, the, uh, Andrew Fafita yesterday suffered an injury to his throat uh, in, in that match against Newcastle in, in, in the second half of that match. After the match, Andrew, um, he reported difficulty swallowing. He was uh, also noted to have uh, a hoarse voice at this time, and his um, care was escalated to the paramedics. So well done to mm -hmm. the paramedics. Yeah. Eh? Um, they've done a great job. Um, it was a suspected, I think, laryngeal injury. So he was taken via ambulance to hospital, um, and it was confirmed that it was a significant injury. 
He remains in hospital. He is receiving the best possible care. This is from the Cronulla Sharks uh, media office, and the Sharks will provide further updates as they become uh, available. So um, it's my understanding that he was put in an induced coma. I don't think – I think that is right. Mm. Uh, And they're doing their best to to get the best possible result for – uh, for Andrew. So there it is from the uh, feeder family. But to the paramedics there up there, was it Redcliffe, wasn't it? Was that Redcliffe? Uh, I think it Warden was. Daly, yeah. I think it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really well done. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 awful, isn't it? When you mm. suddenly, you know, you're playing sport and you might expect, a, you know, a, a broken arm here and there or a rolled, rolled ankle or a cork or, or a nasty gash. But when it's, it's something internal that, you, you know, you can't really see and you start, can't breathe properly. Well, it gets really scary. Um, so uh, again, um, that's this week's. I think um, instead of goose of the week, we're going to uh, make it the uh, the hero of the week. So we'll change it again next week, and you guys send us the <laughs> not the goose, the wood ducks back in. Yeah, Is that all right Bring with you. Back last three weeks, the run home. The run home. Yeah. Um, all right, all right. You are listening to Higher Ground. Keep those texts coming through, by the way. 0457 736 736 uh, is the text line. If you want to jump on the line, it's not too late. We're still awake. We're here. It's two minutes past 10. It's well before our bedtime, all right? So we can take your calls. There is space uh, on the open line. Uh, there won't be for a lot longer because we'll be doing other stuff in the show. Mm. We're moving on, plowing through. Moving ahead. Um, what I might do, uh, after the break, we're going to try and get uh, the judge, Greg McCallum, on the line to talk about all the various issues, um, judiciary charges, etc. I might just uh, read through, though, uh, the charges where we're up to at the moment. So Ryan Madison and Victor Radley, they won't play again until the finals. Both ended early guilty pleas uh, on Monday today. Uh, Corey Hurrawira-Naira, or Hurrawira-Naira, uh, also entered an early plea for his high shot on Jerome Hughes, and uh, he'll need Canberra to make the finals if he is to play again this year. Brisbane 5'8", Tyson Gamble will miss two games after an early plea uh, for a crusher tackle on uh, Thomas McKayley from West Tigers, and Jacob Little and Cowboys rookie... Griffin Neem will uh, each miss uh, one match after also entering early uh, guilty pleas. Uh, Madison's three-week suspension. That comes from that tackle we've spoken about. Um, he got sent off for it. Um, and, you know, the person on the end of, of that tackle, Brad Parker, was in all sorts. So our, um, I think he's okay, Brad Parker, but he probably will have to be forced out of uh, the, the next game, this weekend's game, Manly playing Canberra on Friday, Suncorp. Big doubleheader up there, isn't it? Because you've got South and Penrith, doubleheader Suncorp Friday as well. Good opportunity to get up there if you're uh, in there, if you're uh, in Brisbane. Yeah, it's a massive doubleheader. Big Gold Coast. Massive doubleheader. No, oh, well, yeah, it's been played. Up there. Uh, no, no, it's up there. I know they're in Queensland. They can get up there. Mm. Yeah, with Gold Coast, it's all in Queensland. I'm just thinking, if you had one foot either side of the tweed, you'd have bloody long legs, wouldn't you? <laughs> what I'm saying is, the Gold Coast is that—that that is just north of the tweed, isn't it? Yeah, none of that. But what I'm saying is, their footprint, the club, they would have the Titans. Yes, I don't know okay. why I'm talking about Titans, but they would have a big supporter base mm. extending 
into northern, northern New rivers. South Wales, northern river. Yes, exactly. All that. Anyway, you're taking me off track again, like you normally do. Uh, Parramatta players, Joey Lussick, uh, Cannonball Tackle, Mike Sevo, Careless High Tackle, both have accepted fines, so they will not be suspended. Cronulla prop Aiden Tolman is facing a two-game ban for dangerous contact, and Knights forward Tyson Frizzell could be out for one match due to a careless high tackle. Uh, that was from their game yesterday at Redcliffe. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Bulldogs lone player Ryan James, dangerous contact. Warriors fullback Reese Walsh, contrary conduct. And Braden Hamlin, ULE, careless high tackle, have been hit with fine, uh, fines, yes, rather, for grade one offences. What else? Cowboys fullback Valentine Holmes has chosen to fight his charge at the judiciary tomorrow night. So he was hit with a grade one dangerous contact charge on David Nofaluma. He's not facing any suspension. He just doesn't want to pay the 21 hunch. So Val is going to uh, contest it, save himself a couple of grand. Why not? Absolutely. But he's on about a million. So, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of like loose change, isn't it? For someone like Valentine Holmes? I would have thought. I hope so. But especially after his time in the NFL, he would have picked up a a healthy pay packet over there, even just being in train on squads. Mm. So anyway, but I don't, the clubs always pay those, end up paying those fines for players and coaches anyway, don't they? Yeah, I guess they do. I guess they do. But I didn't know. Maybe, maybe Val's a bit like Desi. You know what I mean? <laughs> Saving every penny. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that fine's a bit more than a penny. It's some serious cap. But two we, grand, the, the, two grand when you're on a mill or near yeah. a mill. But for the average punter, that's, you know, you can do a bit with two grand. That's the, you know, first car or a few nice bottles of wine. Oh, they'd be bloody good. But they'd be grange. They were well, probably grange. grangey. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so now we know Val's <laughs> tight, huh? Well, good with his coin. <laughs> good with his coin. We've gone to what? Val's tight from fighting a it must small be. charge of the judiciary. Must be. I mean, the time and cost of the lawyer and all that. And and I know a bloke, right? Oh, I'm not going to go through down this name. I know a bloke. Yeah, he, he, he engaged some lawyers. He, he engaged up. lawyers, right, to help him with a defence. Uh, was it? No, it was a. I think he said it was a. It was a divorce. It was oh. a divorce. He and. It was quite a, a fair-sized bill, but there was $3,000 worth of the bill was on stationery. Yeah. For, as a lawyer? No, he was, he engaged oh, he the lawyer. The, the lawyers lawyer, then gave the him the bill. And there was three, three thousand, grand. Three big ones for What are they buying? Paper. Paper and paper clips. hundred fountain pens. No, just the printing stationery. Yeah. Oh, for yeah, you know, I actually can see that now. Paper's not Fair cheap, dinks. and yeah, uh-huh. for lawyers, oh, God, they they do love. Uh, mm. Anyway, 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 yeah. no, I told you. Where we were go. we going? I don't Something know. Law, I'm going to go to the break. Law, I, I the wanna, judge. I want to get. I want to get Greg McCallum on the line. There's so, a segue there somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm going to take a break so we can call him first. <laughs> he would be up by now. Most judges are. Poring over legal documents for tomorrow. Where's the gamble? I, I see. I don't know where the things are. Um, Tim, the tall man's been back in touch. Uh, get a wire again uh, as a dog, doggy supporter. I love to see the eels fall apart yet again. Uh, I know the dogs are last, but uh, 
that's where we are predicted to finish. Um, and they just keep disappearing as I'm reading them, these things right in front of me here. And uh, I was just going to go and push that back. I uh, Here's another one too uh, from the Oatly Magpie. Good evening, Magpie. Uh, Mitch Barnett is uh, by far Newcastle's best player, uh, playing every game this year. Uh, but Ponga and Pierce do get all the credit. Mate, he's as solid as they come, Mitch. Mitch Barnett. Thank you, Oatly Magpie. I agree with you. I love, I love watching Mitch Barnett. <laughs> They've had some um, really good back rowers there over the years. Newcastle, haven't they? That pack. Um, I'll tell you what, they're only going up next season, aren't they? The Knights. What other feet. forwards have got going there for next year? Have they got it? They have. I can't recall who they've signed. But Mitch Barnett, love him. Love him as a player. Uh, not quite in the same class for me as a Ben Kennedy, but that was probably one of the best uh, forwards you've ever had up there. But he, he does get a lot of work done. And, yeah, well, you're right. Yeah, Caelan Ponger and does get most of the credit. Pierce too. Pierce, I don't think, to me, is firing uh, like he has done. Mm. I think he's still maybe a little bit injured with that hamstring or he's not back to full strength. But you know what? If they are, well, they will. They will make the finals, Newcastle. I said this about four weeks ago you to did. you. And I think we even recorded the time and the date. Mm. Uh, I think they will be in there. Uh, and look, if they if they were to play Parramatta, there's a good chance they would beat Parramatta in, yeah. on, on the Eels' current form. I'm going to take a short break now and uh, try and get Greg McCallum on the line. You are listening to Higher Ground. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Yes, here he is, the judge, uh, Greg McCallum. Thanks for joining us, mate, as uh, as you normally do, at least once once a week. How are you doing? I'm going really well. Very excited about um, last weekend. There was plenty of uh, talking points out of it, and I'm looking forward to... You know, the next seven weeks, it'll yeah, take we, us through to the grand final. Yeah, we're seeing a bit of a spike, though, aren't we, Greg, uh, in terms of foul play, um, the weekend just gone, the weekend before that earlier. I see Graham Annesley today has, has sort of hit back at, at those criticising uh, the match officials after the weekend. There were a few, and we'll talk about them, there were a few key decisions that um, did have a pretty big impact on the outcome of games. I might even just play uh, what uh, what we heard from Annesley today first, and, and then I'll come to you. In the administration, we have to turn the cheek on some of this criticism and just uh, accept it and move on, and we largely do that. We come to these briefings and we put our hands up and we get things wrong. Uh, but I have to say that some of the level of criticism that's been coming about match officials after games, I think is over the top. Uh, and I think it's unjustified. After games, we're hearing criticism about, you know, one or two officiating decisions that might be arguable. And when they get them wrong, we'll say they're wrong. But it's kind of overwhelming the post-match commentary about what's happening in games. You know, we're not hearing anything about the 20 handling errors on average per game. We're not hearing anything about the 60 missed tackles on average per game. We're not hearing anything about the 30 ineffective tackles on average per game. We're not hearing anything about that. And each one of those incidents, I would say to you, has a far greater impact on the outcome of the game than one or two refereeing decisions that might be arguable about whether they were right or they were, they're wrong. Well, former top referee Greg McCallum and uh, former head of the, the Match Review. Uh, well, there he is, uh, Graham, and he seems a little hot under the collar. 
Yeah, look, he's been been under a, a fair bit of pressure um, most of the year, really, because of the, the change of interpretations. But you know what he said's right in terms of um, the criticism of referees. It always comes harder at this stage of the year. Uh, the, the criticism comes hard at the referees. The referees will be pretty pleased with his comments there. I think standing up for them um, in the decision making thing because I, I don't think really in the last month or so that there's been too many decisions that have really um, affected the result of the game. There's been more issues on um, the intervention of the bunker and and judiciary issues, I think, that have been a bigger issue than the refereeing. I'll talk about uh, some judicial issues in a moment in terms of suspensions for a few players over the weekend, and we saw a couple of really nasty incidents. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, just just some of, some of the incidents from the weekend that maybe had a, a few people scratching their head. Uh, let's start with that Roosters victory, a last-minute win over the Broncos, um, a Flegler high tackle on Satili Tupanua. Um, it wouldn't have bruised a, a grape, but I guess at the end of the day, it was high, huh? Yeah, when it comes down to the bunker making the decision on it, you can't really uh, use any anything else other than black and white on that, you know, and it did make contact. I don't think it had any impact on the player other than it knocked the ball out of his hands, you know. I don't really think it affected the player uh, at all. Um, you know, and it was a tough call, but as I said, you know, once the bunker gets involved, you can only go on the evidence that's there, and there was some contact with the head, even though as you say, it wouldn't have bruised the grape. Mm. Victor Radley, same match. And we'll talk about the length of suspensions in a moment because I think that's a separate discussion. But just um, the act of what he did, tried to smother a ball, a potential match-winning drop goal from from a Broncos player. Um, you know, and I'm sure his coach loved him for trying to do it. Now, in my opinion, he certainly wasn't attacking the legs of a kicking player, a player kicking a ball. He was he was going for the Steeden. Mm clearly going to put his hands out to deflect the ball, but he, he came in contact with the kicker's legs and um, and he now finds himself again on the sidelines. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Chris, he was a victim of his energy and uh, and speed in which he executed the charge down because that's what he did. He executed the charge down. Um, but the speed in which he launched himself at brought him into contact with the legs and and again, if you're analysing it on video, it's very hard to overlook the fact that he did make contact uh, with the legs. But but I would argue in this case um, that he he didn't attack the legs. I think quite I clearly the contact that he made um, has been interpreted as being dangerous. But I thought he executed the charge down, and um, you know, he's probably a little bit unfortunate, a little bit unlucky to uh, to be in this position. Yeah, well, that's what I thought too. I'm glad you agree with me there. He he, he wasn't attacking the legs. He was attacking the ball. Um, just still on Radley. Now, uh, you will know and I know that he's serving a three-match ban again because he's got a, um, a long history of priors. And people will say that maybe don't know how it all works. They would have seen what Ryan Madison did to Brad Parker, knocked him into next week. They would have seen what Corey Hurrowita-Nida did to Jerome Hughes. He knocked him into the same week. Um and then they see what Victor Radley did, and they see that all three of them are each serving the same suspension. Yeah, look, I think out of the three incidents, he's as the least that I'd be concerned about in terms of uh, of dangerous contact. His problem is that most of his charges are dangerous contact, and that mm. uh, brings about the fifty percent loading. You know, each charge that is of similar um, or the same 
um, um, causes a 50% loading to be put onto the charge. So mm. the dangerous contact on this occasion um, certainly carried uh, a fair percentage of loading and that took him up over the three matches. And, you know, he's a big loss for the for the Roosters, um, as the other two players are, of course. But um, in particular with Angus Crichton out, um, they've got you know, two of their hardest working forwards on the sideline. Do you think the, the, the system needs any changing or tinkering or you, you're quite happy with how Look, it is? No, I think it's okay. I think we've just got to be careful that we try and keep uh, the emotion of who the player is out of it. Um, we've discussed a number of occasions where some players, we, we spoke about Hetherington from the Bulldogs. Yep. Um, but again, the argument against that is that these players keep putting themselves in the spotlight. And I suppose that's um, the hard part to argue. And, and he threw himself at the player and um, ended up putting himself under the pressure of making contact um, for what was, uh, you know, as I said, a charge down that, um, that probably was well executed but um, didn't turn out too well. I do like, and I want to commend the officials and the, and the bunker and, and the match review. I think they have found that middle ground. It took them a while to find it um, when they introduced these um, new high-tackle protocols. I think they've found it. We all agree that Ryan Madison and Corey Hurrawee tonight are both, yeah, both deserve to be sent off. No one's arguing that. So I think they've, they've got it right now and they know where where they're going. One other incident, mate. Uh, the Sharks lost to the Knights. Um, there was a late penalty for, for Bradman Best driving him back in goal after the ref had already called held. I mean... He wasn't held, though, Bradman Best. He was still trying to attack, wasn't he? He was, and, and it's one of those ones where, you know, nine out of ten times the referee will just blow the whistle and order the player to play the ball. You know, it's just one of those ones where, you know, he probably felt that um, he'd made the decision and Bradman Best was was going to um, you know be the beneficiary of it. So mm. it's just one of those things that happens. Okay, and Bulldogs coach Trent Barrett, he's, he's blowing up again. My old mate Trent um, about a disallowed try uh, earlier in the play. There was a there was a high shot on uh, Warriors back. I think it was Edward Cosey, uh, but it was after he'd already dropped the ball. Um, I think it was the right decision. Do you? Yeah, look, I think foul play has uh, always overruled minor. Um, Infringements. The minor infringement is dropping the ball. The foul play, of course, was the contact, uh, which was a fairly significant hit too. It was a, a solid hit. And, um, you know, I, I don't think you could argue with the try being taken off. Um, I took one off uh, Balmain one day at Brookvale Oval and I can still hear the crowd and going <laughs> on about it. Uh, Steve yeah. Roach um, thumped Phil Daly in the back play and that was... Uh, Oh, that was it, and I had to take the try. Oh, Gary Freeman, it was, and he's still chirping on about it as well. Oh, just, yeah. just, just going back to the judiciary, if yeah. I can just make a point. Mm. One of the the big benefits of this system that we have is that the decision making becomes predictable and consistent. And I think what you said there is right. In on both occasions with the two players that were dismissed, everybody expected them to be set off. Yeah. And I think in past years that wouldn't have been the case. But at the moment, the referees, I think, are on song about it. And both players deservedly were sent from the field. I think it's the first time we're all on song. So the referees and, and us, the media, and, and us, the supporters, the fans, we're starting to understand what you know, what punishment fits what type of crime. Finally, mate, because I know you, you've got to get going, uh, the Nathan Cleary no-shoulder charge. 
Um, your thoughts on that one? Because I know I know Anthony Griffin was a, was a bit critical about it. And we, I might listen to Anthony a bit later on, but your initial thoughts. Oh, look, I, I'm happy that yeah. there's no charge there. I, I think going back to 2012, that sort of shoulder charge was not what it was about. It was about those that we saw the two players dismissed from yeah. attacking. Clear he wasn't attacking, he was defending his injured shoulder. So yeah. I don't really think that deserved anything other than... Uh, Probably uh, a little bit of luck that Penrith got in terms of the ball bouncing out of um, Bert's arms. So that's that's all that came out of that one. Yeah. All right, mate. As always, Greg, always good to get you on. And uh, if anyone doesn't know, Greg is a, uh, a marriage celebrant. And if you are planning on um, uh, tying the knot, you want Greg to do the honours for you, just uh, Google Greg McCallum marriage celebrant. I, I guess it's pretty quiet on that front at the moment, Greg. It is. Mate, I'll be ready to go, though, once the <laughs> restrictions are lifted. <laughs> and so will they. So will they. Thanks for joining us, mate. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, Phil. Great stuff. There he is, Greg McCallum, and uh, it's always good to get him on the uh, on the program. He's, he's a wealth of knowledge, and uh, he is our, our go-to man with all matters judicial. Yeah, welcome back to A Higher Ground. Great to have your company. We're here until uh, around about midnight. I hope you can hear me. I can't really even hear myself talking here, but uh, I trust we're, we're back on air and everything is all good. Troubles with Parramatta, I mean, they do continue. I'm going to... Um going to take you to something that happened on Fox Sports tonight uh, with uh, Paul Kent on NRL 360. Uh, he's got his thoughts on uh, some of the issues uh, behind the problems uh, in the, the Parramatta camp. So we'll hear from uh, Paul Kent on NRL 360 shortly. Now, I thought we, before we do all that, I mean, yeah, I know they're coming off a very big loss at the weekend, Parramatta, uh, to Manly. Um you know, the word embarrassing has been used more than once. Uh, they were down to 11 men at one point. Let's not let's not forget that. Um, but the situation, you know, it, it, it's pretty bad at the moment heading into the finals. I think, what's that, four losses uh, on the trot there, a shadow of the team that they used to be. Um, yeah, I know there's excuses. They're mitigating circumstances. You've got no Reed Marnie. You've got no Regan Campbell-Gillard. Um so there are various reasons, I guess, uh, for why things are like they are at the moment. Some people are saying there's stuff happening behind the scenes. And we've had the contract negotiations uh, played out in public with, with Captain Clint Gutherson. That can't be a good thing. Um, we've had rumours of unrest uh, between the football manager and Brad Arthur, the coach, um, also with the board, all sorts of things. And I don't like to put... T- you know, some of, the, some of the stuff you take with a grain of salt because you're not there. You don't really know what goes on. And it only takes one journo to say, you know, reportedly, I've, I've heard this whisper. And then suddenly it it's turns into you know, louder voices than just mm. whispers. And I don't like playing that game, all right? But, I mean, we're in the media. We Our job is to, to report what, what is being said. Um, I will also hear from Brandy. He spoke today, mm. I think, did he, um, on Matty White's program. So he's got his thoughts on the whole situation. So let's just rewind and go back a bit. Let's go back before Manly thumped Parramatta Eels. This is what uh, Eels coach Brad Arthur had to say. We hadn't even played a game at the start of the year and there was already you know, some, some conjecture around my position. I'm fully aware of the responsibilities that go with being a head coach um, and I'm prepared for... You know, any consequences that go with it when, when the team playing poorly. So, yeah, look, I've never once complained in the eight years of the squad that, you know, that we have to work with. My relationship with everyone at the club is good, but, you know, when, when you're losing, 
uh, things like this happen. Um, and like I said, you know, there's, there's 12 teams right now at the moment that sit below us. So um, if you want me to be real honest, I think it's crazy that we're sitting here talking about my job. That was before the big loss uh, to Manly. Um, 50, what was it? 56 points 50, to 10. Yeah. yeah. So that was before the loss. This is after the loss. We're down on belief. Well, we look like we're down on belief. And, you know, we, we c couldn't afford to start like that. A penalty, two tackles into the game. And then um, just, I just don't think we're calm in defence at the moment. We're all jumpy. Wasn't, wasn't a great start, which that just snowballed out of control. We're not showing that we, we want to play finals. You know, when you get beat like that, obviously there's no enjoyment. Probably need to change things up a bit of training, I suppose. That's a start. Maybe not focus on footy this week. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real good question, but, you know, we've got a week to, to sort it out. But I think we need to just mix something up at training a little bit. Sometimes the harder you work, the, the more of a hole you dig yourself into. They are sixth on the ladder now. So they've dropped a couple of spots. They're sixth on the ladder on 28 competition points, equal with Manly. Before playing Manly, they're for and against. Uh, Parramatta were one point superior to Manly. Uh, now Parramatta are mm, about 100 points or 95 points or thereabouts behind Manly. So mm. it's, a, it's a big effect. That for and against column, that was a, a big, um, a damaging result to, to Parramatta. I guess uh, the upside, if you're looking for some positives, they are playing a team this weekend who I think have lost nine in a row, the Cowboys. So they should be able to get back in the saddle, pardon the pun, you would think. Hmm. However, they then play Storm and Panthers last two games. So it's a very, very tough run home for Parramatta. As I said, Greg Alexander, Brandy, he's, um, he does a lot of work with SEN 1170. He spoke with Matt White on the Eels this morning. They look like they're in a training run. They look like they're just going through the motions. You know, and all the bullshit that floats around a, a team that... It, that are in this sort of situation where players are, you know, there's all this talk about, yes, you know, let's, we're going to do this and this. And a lot of it is just crap talk. And I, I'm, I'm sure it's floating around at the eels at the moment about, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to get ourselves out of this, but it, it, it's bullshit. Um, so unless they make a commitment to each other and, and sit around a room and say, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the team. This is, you know, be accountable for what you're telling your teammates that you're going to do for the team. Uh, if you're standing up in front of your team saying, this is what I'm prepared to do to get us out of this, uh, I, I think it's the only way that uh, that players do become accountable. It, 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 you know, I know their confidence can be knocked around, but, you know, it's amazing what effort and commitment can do. Yeah, so Greg Alexander there and uh, some colourful language. He could get a role in uh, Tales from Tiger Town. Brandy, I reckon we'd put him up. We'd put him up for, uh, yeah, maybe a stunt double Stunt double for Madge. He's usually so mob-mannered too, Brandy. I don't know what got him so worked up this oh, morning. I don't mind, I don't mind yeah, that. That, that term's fine. That term's fine. Um, yeah, um, yeah, um, that's fine. You, would you agree with that? Have you been in teams that are like that with players who are saying one thing and everyone's giving each other the big yee-haw at training to try and get each other worked up. But you know there's a bloke that won't put his body on the line for another guy or uh, isn't gonna isn't willing to take that, that hard run first tackle of the set. Not really, no. Not, not really? really, no. Not really. The, the, the teams that I've good played... environments. Yeah, yeah. the teams I've yeah. played have been pretty good. Like, yeah. 
and I haven't played at that level. Mm. I mean, a handful of games, but uh, no, no. The clubs I've been in have all been a good vibe. I mean, everyone seemed yeah. to, to get on, and um, yeah, no. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I will get to NRL 360 in a moment. They've mm. got their thoughts uh, on the whole thing. I'd love to hear from Parramatta fans. I tell you what, Eels, you, you've gone quiet on me. No, what's the matter, Para? Come on, get involved. I know it's difficult. I know you probably don't want to talk about. It. You're probably sick. You're probably sick, you know, sick to death of all the talk about the. The fall from grace of your club. Look, there's three rounds left. There's only way to answer all this um, this bullshit or crap that Brandy's talking about is just let, let's just go. Let, let's get let's get things going again. Starting this weekend with the Cowboys, mm. and that's that's what Brad Arthur will be saying to the fellas. Go and take a couple of days away. Let's get this group back together. It's not as if we've lost half a squad, right? I know they're missing a couple of players in key positions, but what teams aren't? There can be no excuses. However, if it is um, deeper seated than what we think, and and some of the stuff you're talking about, if if there is any unrest mm. between the players, well, that is certainly manifesting itself on the pitch. Mm. If it is that, well, you got problems. You got bigger problems than just a team that's out of form and down on confidence. And I hope it's not. Uh, we'll we'll see this weekend against North Queensland. It was a, it was pretty insipid. On Saturday, wasn't it? It was. It was, but it was a pretty damn good performance by Manly. They were there from, mm. from the get-go. They were on. And, you know, the score blew out at the end when you were down, you, yeah, when they were down true. to 11. Um, but let us know. Let us know how you're feeling, Parafans. I just hope it's not as, as bad as that. And I hope there aren't fractures in the playing group um, because that is very difficult. Very difficult to to, uh, to mend. Uh, nothing to say, Christoph. We're garbage. Out first week of the finals. Same again next season. Oh, God. Uh, I'm feeling hopeless. Uh, Tex from Adensa Park. Thanks, Tex, for uh, getting involved. So there, there's a para fan and they've lost, they've lost hope already. They, they want to just turn the switch off for this mm-hmm. season. Look, we'll see how good the coach Brad Arthur is too. How good a man manager Brad Arthur is over the next few weeks before the finals. All right. The easiest thing for para fans would be to do is just walk away from it all, you know, and say, no, no, no. Stuff that. Parramatta fans are the most, I think, some of the most loyal fans in the world of sport. Mm. Right. And they've been through tough times. They've been through this many times before. And that's another thing that probably irks them, that history is repeating time and time again. But we'll see over the next few weeks just what this Parramatta club is made of and what the fans are made of too. I hope they stick, you know, Hope they stick solid, and I hope there are no there is no fracture between the playing group. But that is what uh, Paul Ken on NRL three hundred and sixty was alluding to. Mm. Um, a lot of this he's saying uh, stems from um, accommodation arrangements in the bubble at the hotel, and certain, as I understand, mm. um, wherever you fell in the pecking order of player in terms of contract value or worth mm. to the club, you might have got the biggest suites. There were players with families that now joined them, and I understand that there is a bit of discussion around that. Why has he or he got that? Why have I only got this? That type of thing. Mm. If that's the sort of petty squabbling that's going on, well, you know, we've you've got a you've got a club with with deeper problems, I think, than just uh, a few drop balls on the pitch. Uh, Texas on the line. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I won't turn my back on the team. Just can't see things changing. All right, Tex, thanks, mate. You're a friend of the show. Uh, always feel free to uh, to get involved. Let's listen to what uh, Paul Kent on NRL 360 had to say tonight. 
you know, written tomorrow, there's been a bit of bickering uh, in the playing group. It's a delicate sort of one to talk about, Vonnie. So what's happened is when they've all moved into into their bubbles and every team's been allocated a certain amount of rooms and the rest of it, Parramatta have allocated their rooms within the club. The better players have got the better rooms, so to speak, which is generally the way it works. It's a, you know, that's the way the systems work. Uh, but what's happened is it's caused a little bit of uh, internal bickering from the point of view of because wives and girlfriends have arrived, they've got kids, and uh, some of the more senior players, the better players who've got the better rooms, the balcony and all the rest of it, are single men, as opposed to the families living in a just a little square room with the wife and two kids. And it's just caused... And it, I know it sounds really minor, and people are going to say big deal, but when you're in that quarantine environment for 14 days and you're stuck in a room where you've got no fresh air, literally no fresh mm-hmm. air, you know, the windows don't open in the hotels... Mm-hmm. And you know, you're eating three times a day at the caf- you know, at the cafeteria, the ho- hotel food. All those little things just compound. And, and this is just one of the things that's just gone wrong with Parramatta. Well, there is Paul Kent on NRL 360. Um, and I hadn't heard any of that, but that's apparently what has happened up there. A few dramas with the hotel rooms and who's getting the biggest suites and, and who's not. I understand they've moved, though, haven't they? I think they've moved from... That's right. Um, one place to another. I don't know if that's about the previous place they're at or the new hotel or villas they're staying in. Don't know. Anyway, look, that's that's how Paul Kent sees it, and I, I hope that it's not as petty as that. It might seem petty, but mm. as he pointed out there, you know, um, in quarantine, yeah, <laughs> little things are sort of magnified, aren't they? Anyway, look, for Parramatta fans, hang in there. I hope things turn the corner. I hope you turn the corner this weekend against the Cowboys. You've got a very tough run to the finals, but unlike uh, a few other teams or a number of other teams, you are already in the finals, okay? You're already in the finals. Uh, Rocket Man, we're going to do that next. We're going to take a short break. It's your last chance if you want to get involved. 0457 736 736. Send us through some nominations. You've got about four minutes to do so. A three, a two, and a one. The best three players from the weekend's round. Good song, isn't it? Rocket Man, Elton John. Now, uh, for those that are new to the show, we have got a three, two, and one each week, uh, which we give out based on the best performances from the weekend. And at the end of the year, we have our own version of the Dally M Awards, where we're hoping that Elton might be our, our guest of honour um, and come here in this studio, just you, me, you, the Mad Russian, and Elton John. Uh, with the winner of the Rocket Man Award, and that will happen here 
in the confines, COVID permitting, of course. Mm. And if Elton can get here, his uh, management haven't given me any indication to suggest that he won't be able to make yeah. it. However, they are saying it may be um, outside of their own control. So fingers crossed uh, the great man Elton John will be here at the end of the year for the Higher Ground Rocket Man Award. Uh, the winner will receive uh, the bronze statue of Elton with him holding his balls. The two students... And away we go. At the moment, it's very much looking like uh, Tom Trebojevic's name should start be engraved on the yeah. on the trophy. Uh, he's still got quite a big gap, but with the new injury, Tom may not be playing for a few weeks, which will give some of the others on the ladder a chance to peg him back. One of which is James Tedesco. Yeah, he is about six places back or points back or seven points oh, more back. More than six points. Is He's he? about 12 points back. Is he? So Manly need to get knocked out. For anyone to beat Tom... This is going all the way to grand final day, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So Manly need to get knocked out fairly early in the finals. Mm. And basically someone's got to run the table. Right Take on. points every week. All right. We've had a few texts come in tonight, and thank you to those that have suggested that their Rocket Man points yes. uh, from the weekend. What have we got? Uh, so I've got a couple here. Matt Burton from Matt from Penrith. Huge game, yes. Uh, we've got Tom Trebojevic. That's from our mate Tex at Adenza Park. Mm-hmm. Says that was a, a sad oh, vote how, for uh, him, but yeah. how could you not? Uh, also, Ruben Garrick. Scored a hat-trick, didn't scored he? Scored a hat-trick. Oatley Magpie. You can't have Tom and Ruben, uh, I don't think. Well, we yeah, one or the Same other. Same team. That's a decision mm. for us. Only Magpie put forward Mitch Barnett earlier. Solid. Saying, uh, More than solid, yeah. A, yeah. What you said was an average game off air. That was a bit scrappy, wasn't it? But um, it was a, it can was I a be honest? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I didn't watch it. Oh. Well, well bits of it. Okay. Well, it was low scoring. I had to walk my dog. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mal- Fair enough. Malcolm, um, Malcolm needed a walk. And we... And we've got one here from Jacko from Jabber. He said, Bailey Simonson, you haven't given any points to oh, he scored a anyone too. in a losing side yet. He scored a hat trick. Scored a hat trick. Oh, dear. So you've got a um, difficult choice to make. How do you? What about, if, do you, what about if I don't go with any of them? Well, that's fair enough. You're the judge, jury, executioner with Rocket Man. Oh, it's am your I, segment. I haven't got him in front of me. One point. Uh, one point. Reuben Garrick. Reuben Garrick. Very good. Two points. Matt Burton. He's climbing up this ladder too, Burton, in the last couple of weeks. He was superb. He broke that game open on Friday when the Dragons looked like they were really going to put up a fight for uh, most of the first half. Mm. Um, And three points, Rocketman, this week. James Tedesco. James Tedesco. James Tedesco is getting our three points rocket man this week. Are you okay with that? I'm I'm more than happy with that. Absolutely. Good. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. Touchdown brings me round and get too fine. I'm not the man that think I am at home. Oh no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man.
Yes, indeed. It is uh, the final countdown. I thought what we might do for the next uh, few minutes or so is go through uh, the rundowns and the permutations on who is where and what they need to do and will they do it or is it all just pie in the sky and tooth fairy stuff. And the mad Russian is going to join me. So, look, basically, Rusky, we know that Melbourne Storm, sitting at the top of the ladder on 40 competition points, uh, they will get the minor premiership, right? Yep. Locked it in. We've locked that in, and they've got a, a plus 485, right? By far the uh, superior of the for and against uh, of all teams, as you would expect. Second are Panthers, and third are Souths, both on 38 competition points. Okay, the Panthers with a about 40 points superior for and against. Mm. Now, Penrith have their last three games. They play South Sydney on Friday. Bumper clash, then West Tigers and the out-of-form Parramatta Eels. Okay, you might see them winning three. Souths, obviously, play the Panthers on Friday. Then they have the Roosters and the Dragons. So they'll finish second and third or third and second. Either way, they've both got those second and third spots wrapped up. Then the battle for number four. Roosters are currently fourth on the ladder with 30 competition points. Um, they've got the Dragons, Souths and Raiders. And they have a better for and against, a worse for and against by about 60 to Manly. So Manly are on 28 competition points. So two points adrift of the Roosters, but they play the Raiders, the Dogs and the Cowboys. Mm. We don't know if Tom's going to be playing one, two or three of those or zero of those games. Then the poor old Eels, also on 28 with Manly. They've got the Cowboys, the Storm and the Panthers. So they're locked into the top eight. No dramas there. Uh, but will they finish? Well, they will finish sixth. Mm. That's where they'll finish. Newcastle Knights, so it's a drop six points back. They're in seventh position on 22. The Knights play the Bulldogs, the Titans and the Broncos. They could win all three. In fact, I think Should. they will. I think they will. They're minus 137, so their for and against is abysmal. But I think they will lock it in. And they really only need, I think, to win two of those three mm. to be confirmed a starter. The Titans are on 20 competition points. The Raiders also 20 competition points. Um, Titans play the Storm, the Knights and the Warriors. That game against the Knights is absolutely huge. Raiders on 20 points in ninth. They play Manly, the Warriors and the Roosters. Then the Sharks, they're on 18. So four teams on 18. I don't think any of these four can make it, but mm. mathematically they can. The Sharks, Dragons, Warriors and the West Tigers are all on 18 competition points and mathematically still a chance of making the playoffs. I think the Knights are already in. I think it's going to be a battle between the Titans and the Raiders to seal that eighth and final place in the NRL Finals. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? Queensland's everywhere. Queensland's everywhere. 
You betcha. And uh, each and every week we try and uh, drop into Queensland. And our, our Queensland correspondent is none other than Kangaroos and, and Maroons great, former Broncos great as well, Steve Reynolds. Steve, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, Chris. Thanks for having me on, mate. And always a pleasure. Well, okay, they, they got beaten, your your old Bronx, but that was uh, it was quite a strange game, wasn't it? And they were they were right up to their, in the match to to their eyeballs. And um, I, I, I heard Kevy after the game, and, and and the one message coming out from him was he was really really proud of them that they, you know, they're starting to hang in for the full eighty. And that's it. I'm, all we can do now is is take positives from these games and, and going forward and. I think Kevy said that a couple of weeks ago. You know, we just want to finish off strong, and and I, I think we might have talked about it last one, but we we've, we've turned. A, I think we turned a corner here. We, you know, to see them compete right to the end, and look, we probably got found out in that last minute or so. Uh, you know, where we go, you know, dropping the ball and having mm. having that penalty, and um, I, I suppose that 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 is very very frustrating. But when you look at the whole game and how the boys competed, you know, with with the with the top team like the Roosters, and you know they they, you know, there was some a little bit of satisfaction out of that. There are a couple of uh, I guess well well not con well I guess they are controversial incidents. I don't know if you've got a, a thought on both of them. The Victor Radley incident, so he's going to cop about three weeks for that. Um, look, we know he was trying to stop the drop goal, but the way the law is now, you just can't come anywhere near contacting the, um, the the kicking player's leg. So I feel a bit for for Victor because um, that's something you don't really want to coach out of a player, is it, that that enthusiasm? No. But then the one, um, Thomas Flegler, is it? Flegler, Flegler on yeah. Tupanua that, that gifted them, the Roosters, the, the winning goal. Um, I mean, it was hardly forceful, was it? Oh, look, it, it was, you know, you kept looking and you're going, well, hang on a minute, he... There, there was no, not even a like a hand thrust towards it. it was a, it was like a reach in that happened to make contact, and I, I really can't get my head around that 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 was given a penalty. You know, uh, I, you know, this this is where the consistency needs to be put in, and and how on the severity of these things. I mean, look, that that caused no, there was no. Uh, Area that was going to happen there, where that was going to be any concussion or anything, you know what I mean? It's um, uh, it just was never going to happen, and and I think it was that there was a poor decision. Um, but, but they're the things they need to look at, I think, you know, going forward. I mean, you know, that that that, that cost them the game, which was something they could have really held high in in their, you know, a pretty ordinary season. Positive signs, though, mate. I think um, at the yes. back end for for the Broncos, they eh? positive signs going into next into next year. And I guess that's the vibe around the club, is it? Yeah, definitely. And look, Kevy asked about that, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He just said, "We just want to, you know, and that that's all you can do when you're in a position. You know, you just want to finish the season positive. That was a positive, even though we went down the last minute. Um, you know, and we got to look forward to the, the the remaining three games. I think it is and. You know, we 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 got to go there with the same effort. And if he finishes the season like that, he'd be happy. Mm. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, so 36-6. Uh, I'm just back on the Roosters. I mean, you've got to tip your hat to them too, the way they keep fighting, you know. Yeah. It's a never-say-die attitude for them. Um, and, you know, still, still in the hunt for a top-four berth. Uh, Titans, though, 36-6 loss to South Sydney. South Sydney, uh, they are on fire. Ten straight wins <laughs> uh, for them. But the Titans, they're clinging to eighth spot. Um They've got the Storm, 
the Knights and the Warriors, Stevie Renoff. Do they make the eight? Yeah, I, I think they can. They they really got to concentrate. Look, you want to go out, um, you know, and play your best against the Storm, and but we know where the Storm at. I mean, the Storm are dead set on fire, and you know they just got out there and put together a really solid game, whether they win or lose. But they really got to target these last two games as wins for them, and they're good enough to do that. The Titans and look, absolutely shattered. Um, about the game on the weekend, you know, I had the opportunity to, to talk to my, you know, one of my old schoolmates, uh, Steve Mitchell, who's their CEO, and mm. I had a chat to him today. And look, all in all, I mean, they're happy, but they, they're in a position where they can really top a great season and make the eight, and, and they really want to do that. I mean, there's a lot of good things happening around the club and um, outside of that flame t- the, the, the team, but they really want this team to finish the season off really well. Would you say if they don't make the eight, you'd put it down to um, a disappointing season? Well, yeah, look, I mean, the way they've been sitting and the recruitment they got there, and well, this is another thing you talked about, is that what we've got to realise, and this is, this sits, you know, no excuses for all the three Queensland teams, but, um, you know, obviously the, the, the performers out of the three are the Titans, but the others, they're all going through, uh, you know, uh, you know, reconstruction of their clubs, to be honest, you know, with new players and young players. The Titans have signed really well, and they got this group of young players, you know, Fafida, Tino, and AJ Brinson, and, you know, uh, you know, you can keep going through them, and uh, that they can really hang their hat on for the future and, and build a really good team around this group of boys. So they'd be very happy where they are at the moment, and look, obviously very, you know, whole, you know, Justin would, would want them to be at least finishing in the top eight. And that, that's a real uh, successful season for the Titans from where they've come from. And they really got a really good group of young men there uh, that are playing good footy and, 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 you know, and performing against the best and being very competitive that they'll only get better. So they're very positive and they've got a positive outlook. So you've got the Titans in the eight, Stevie. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Depending on how everything, the other teams pan out, I haven't looked too closely at that, but they've they got to really target their last two games they can win, and they'd have to look at yeah. it that way. Yeah. It's the only way they'll have a chance. And, um, you know, just just depending on how the others play out, I know it's really tight there, but... Um, uh, well, you know, I think, well, they've got the Storm, they got the Storm first this weekend, then they've got the Knights and the yeah. Warriors. If they can knock off the Knights and, and the Warriors, I think they, I yes. think they make it, right? I think they make yeah. it. Um, I think the Knights. You know, it's a big game, isn't it? That is a, that is a real four point ball game. That uh, Knights and Titans game, without uh, a doubt. The weekend after next. All right, the poor old Cowboys, mate. I mean, it's just been a, a oh. really poor season for them. Twenty four sixteen loss to the West Tigers. That's now I think nine straight losses for North Queensland. Now they are just two points above Brisbane Broncos. Do you think it would be a goal for the Broncos? Um, not to finish as the, the poorest, <laughs> the poorest place Queensland team. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that would be in the back of minds of the, of the, the uh, you know, the coaching staff there, and um, obviously uh, some of the players. So look, it, it would be good, and um, you know, look, look. As I said, I mean, you, you got a feel for the for the Cowboys, and um, you know, they, they've had this big streak of losses, and they just haven't. That just hasn't not happened for them over, you know, the past decade or, or whatever you know they've done so well they 
they really had this culture of winning. But once again, to, just to stick up for, for the team and the club, uh, they've got a lot of new faces and they've had a lot of, um, you know, uh, players that were there, you know, in, in the good times, or back in the heyday and um, that have left over the last few years and left some big holes and they're rebuilding. They they really are, but they've got some good good young players there. That That's something Todd Payton can can build on and, and that's what I talked about even with the other other uh, two Queensland teams that, that, that that's what they got to look forward to I mean obviously uh, but, but they all want to finish positive for the end of the season mm. you talk about the, the JT era Jonathan Thurston era well there's yeah. still the other big JT and Jason Talmalolo it's been a, um, a disjointed season from him with a number of hand fractures and the way he's been used by coach Todd Payton I think that's probably got a few people scratching their heads as well yeah, it does. That bamboozles me. I don't know whether uh, that's that's a that's a agreement he got he's got with JT or that's his own take on it. I mean, you just don't know who's who's pulling those strings. Um, you know, it's um, uh, is that sort of stuff part of you know? Or question is that is that part of contract negotiations these days? I, I don't know. I just don't know. Mm. Um, you know, you just don't know what goes. Well, they need there, to so sort that out for next year. They need to sort that out, and also do. also Val Holmes, where he's best suited. And a few other things. All right, mate. Uh, the other big guns, though. I mean, the takeaways from the weekend. South Sydney, they're looking so good, aren't they? And oh. Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, they're, they're going great wow. guns. Melbourne Storm, 18 straight wins for them. One short of the all-time record, uh, Jack Gibson's uh, Roosters of 75. Then you've got the Panthers looking much better with Nathan Cleary yes. back on deck. And then you've got Manly. Looking so dangerous, but uh, a blow for them now if um, if Turbo is out. So Storm finished top. Souths and Panthers, it doesn't really matter. They'll finish two and three, I guess. Um, yeah. Manly, oh, look, Manly, it, oh, all the Roosters will finish four. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the way it's been. And it's sort of the the four and the rest, isn't it? To be honest. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how well. The Chooks are still in there with a fight, you know. But you yeah. just can't see how much. Yeah how much punch they've got left into them. Um, yeah. Can anyone, and I think I asked you this last week, from, from what you've seen from, from the weekend, South Sydney, Penrith, Manly, can they topple the storm yeah, look, come, come business end of the season? Look, I think, to be honest, and, and he, I think Penrith are the likely, only because they've been way out the Cleary and they've been a bit disjointed, but... Let's just go back not that long ago when he was playing and how, how volatile they were. Yes. And he said he had a chunky game and he's come back and they had a win and, you know, they built that win up. And that was a good... I, I thought that was good for them, especially for his his first game back. They're, they're only going to get better and more confident uh, with Cleary back. It's, it's it's Look what happened with Manly with getting, you know, Turbo back uh, in into their team. And it's unfortunate they've lost him now for a couple of weeks. But the yes. thing is... They really turn the season around, and look, the Penrith have been, you know, without without Clary being a little bit but they're probably the likely. Um, and look, I, I I love the way South are playing, um, but um, I, I just think out of, out of those, I mean, it could be out of South and and Penrith are the two that will could topple Melbourne. I think so. Just on South, and too, I heard Wayne Bennett say at the weekend this was before Cody Walker's outstanding game. If he was picking an all time. Um, 13 of players he'd coached, which would include you, he'd have to find a spot for Cody Walker. I, I, and I don't, you know, Wayne loves that style of footy. 
you know, I know that for a fact. And you, you watch Cody and, and, and what he does. He's just unique in, in what he's doing. And Wayne, you know, I'll be honest with you, he loves that style of footy. And, um, you know, so that that's that's what he sees in Cody. And I, I watch Cody and I just think, how good is this bloke, you know? And when he really turns it on, he turns it on. And I think him and Luttrell... Uh, just, just amazing how they can work together and just play off each other. And when they click, they click. I don't know what the stat is. I think it's thirty-four try assists or something. Or he's he's rivaling yeah. Jonathan Thurston's uh, from when when they won the premiership. I think think he's alone. Uh, Steve, you do, you join us each week, mate, and I really appreciate it. And you do it for Deadly Choices as well. Uh, you're that ambassador. Give us give us a little nutshell about Deadly Choices and and what it's all about. Yeah, look, Deadly Choices is is, is something. We started. It's a community, Indigenous community engagement program. Uh, you know, where we we go to the community and talk to them about their daily choices, about making healthy choices around their food and what they drink, and uh, not not smoking, and and all the things around health and, and and eating correctly. And you know, what we do, we we have our Aboriginal medical services all over the country, and we try and, and we we obviously start here in the southeast. Queensland, but uh, we've, we've broadened that uh, nationally now. But it, it's around our people going to get a 715 health check, and they to get the health check, and that's all obviously around prevention of chronic disease. Um, but they get one of our Deadly Choices shirts, which, which I think I need to get you one, Chris. I yeah, no, get, get me get one. You one of our. Uh, I don't know what team you follow. I mean, I only got Bronco ones in my cupboard, but um, mm. I don't know what team you follow. So well, I'll give you a Deadly Choice if they're one of our partners. Well, <laughs> you can give me a Manly or a Para. Or maybe a West oh, Tigers. Okay. I played for the Maggies. Um, para, mate. Para, para is one of yeah. our partners. All right. So I, get can, me on. I can get one to you. Get me on. Now, no de- deadly in Aboriginal, in, in, I don't know how you, how you describe it. Deadly means what? Good. So many, yeah, it yeah. means a good thing. It, it, so deadly, when you when we say that, you know, we, we're all growing up, we say you're deadly, bro. Yeah, right. And that means you, you're, you're a cool dude deadly or you, good, you're yeah. good. And, Wicked. And so I know, and I, look, I've had, I've had uh, non-Indigenous people say, well, deadly is... is Means opposite, but yeah, yeah. not 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 with with the with our mob. It, yeah, it cool. means it's a good thing. All right. Well, mate, it's always a good thing talking to you, Pearl, and uh, appreciate you jumping on the line. And we'll do it again next week. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your no. week, buddy. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. There he is, Steve Renoff, uh, the all-time great Queensland centre, and uh, we're very lucky to have him each and every week here on Higher Ground. And that just about does it for this edition of uh, Higher Ground. Hope you've enjoyed the last uh, few hours or so. Thanks again to all of my guests, to Greg McCallum, to Steve Renoff, a couple of regulars, um, also to 60s from the Cumberland Throw and to our uh, you, the listeners, those that got involved via the text line. We're back on Wednesday night uh, from 10pm till midnight with Higher Ground. Thursday, NRL and SEN, you've got the Titans up against the Raiders. Then Friday from 5, Raiders take on Manly and then Higher Ground from nine. So until Wednesday, take care, keep smiling. Bye for now.